Hello and welcome to Walk to Wellbeing, the wellness podcast from Health and Wellbeing magazine, sponsored by Sketches. I'm Daniela from Health and Wellbeing and I'll be standing in for Holly for the rest of the season, where in each episode, you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk about their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. After we leave them, I'll be joined by some of the magazine team to pick out the things from that walk that we want to put into action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen too. And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you absolutely can. We'd love to hear your answers. So head over to healthwellbeing.com to download the question pack today. Right now, though, for episode eight, we're about to join TV and radio presenter Michelle Ackley as she steps out of her front door in Richmond-upon-Thames in February 2022. Just a quick note before we get started, Michelle talks about cancer and losing someone to cancer in her episode. So if you've been affected by either of those things, please do bear that in mind before you listen today. Okie dokie. I think I am all set and ready to go. I've got my mic on, I've changed to my less rustly coat. Um, hello there, I am Michelle Ackley and it's a Monday morning and I'm just heading out on a walk. It's a bit overcast today, a bit windy, but it's fresh and um, I'm going to do a walk where I'm kind of just walking down my local um, street, but then I'm going to turn off, walk over a bridge, and then um, go along the river. It's quite a nice way to start the week, a river walk. Um, something quite calming, I think, about being next to water as well. So that is my, uh, my plan for the walk. Um, let's have a look at these questions. What gets you out on a walk hmm. well for me what gets me out on a walk would be I really feel like it's an opportunity for me to properly clear my head and also it's it's good it clears my head but then it also helps me get things in my head if you know what I mean like it's good thinking time I can use it quite creatively um, especially in like the industry that I'm in with TV, you're always thinking about new ideas and how you could do things differently or something that you could create. And to have that time out where you can go for a walk, feel more at one with nature, you know, look at what's going on around you. Sometimes that's the best way for me anyway, that, um, ideas come or I just feel a bit more creative so yeah getting what gets me out on a walk would be the opportunity to clear my head but also have the space to think about new ideas and I just find it really calming as well and also it's great exercise I haven't got one of those um watches yet is it an apple watch where everyone counts their steps my partner does that He's constantly on his watch looking at how many steps he's done. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a good way to get your steps in. Oh, 
So I'm walking over a bridge now, it's pretty windy. Um, and the river's really fast flowing. Um, looks very pretty. The boats are wobbling along the water. Ooh wee, it's blustery. Tell you what, if I wasn't awake before, I certainly am now. That is blowing a gale. Someone's dropped their shopping on the floor. There's a whole loaf of King's Milk bread just on the floor. Just looking around, see if anyone's dropped it. See a lot of people out jogging as well this morning. It's very good, very good indeed. Walking up the steps now. Um, right, you could probably hear me walking up the steps. Where's your dream walk? Think about the walk you loved most in the past and the one that you'd like to be on today, where you really want to walk in the future. Well, before Christmas, I went down to Devon and uh, stayed in Devon for um, a few days, which was so lovely, South Devon. Um, I'd been there before when I'd filmed uh, a programme, a property show called Fantasy Homes by the Sea. And I'd spent a bit of time there, but kind of true to form with work and telly, it was amazing. But at the same time, you don't have that time to really spend taking in the scenery and just decompressing. So I'd always planned to, or always wanted to go back to South Devon. And I had a bit of free time. Um, so went there, like I say, before Christmas and um, stayed um, near a place called Gara Rock. And this, it's basically like a big rock that juts out over the Atlantic Ocean. And there's an amazing walk that you can do from Gara Rock across the cliffs um, and then over to Salkham. Um, and it was just beautiful because on the one side you'd look left and just look over to the ocean and it was one really blustery day, kind of similar to this actually, it was quite windy and cold but the sun just kept peeping out from the clouds and as soon as the sun came out, you know that kind of glistening vision that you have over the sea, it was like that kind of like orangey shiny glow on the sea. Um, and then on the other side, to the right, you'd look and just see fields and they had these beautiful ginger cows in. They just look so cute. You can probably hear the lock in the background there. Can you hear it? I love a lock. I don't really understand how they work because the water has to kind of like raise and lower, I think, for the boats to get in. Um, anyway, I digress. So yeah, walking in South Devon, uh, from Gower Rock over the cliffs with the sun peeping out through the clouds over the sea. It was beautiful and it was really bracing. I remember getting back to the hotel later on the afternoon and yet I was freezing cold but in a good way and I made myself um, a cup of tea and I could feel like the hot tea just going down and warming up and feeling all cosy. Had a few biscuits. 
Um, and I just felt really good about myself. Like, yeah, I've had an amazing walk. I had some really comfy walking boots on as well, which helped, you know, good sturdy pair of boots. You don't mind getting muddy or, you know. Um, so yeah, I'd love to do that walk again. That was uh, in winter. I'd like to try it in summer um, when it's a lot warmer, probably more people about. Um, but you know, it was a beautiful landscape and there is something being that close to the sea. Oh my gosh, that wind. Um, yeah, there's something really nice about being close to the sea and the water. Like just walking next to the river. Today is really nice. Um, calming. I wish I would have brought my gloves though, because my hands are a bit chilly. Um, what does switching off look like to you? What does switching off look like to me? I think it's changed over the years. When I had time off in the past, I used to really like, I used to, um, well, I'm a massive fan of murder mysteries. I just love, I just love them. Um, and on Sundays, um, on 5 USA, they'd have back-to-back -back Columbo. I think they still do, actually. I'm sure it's still on every Sunday. And for me, if I was off on a Sunday, switching off would be watching back-to-back -back Columbo. I'd absolutely love it. I mean, I've watched them all so many times now. Um, I could tell you what happens from start to finish. But I just love Peter Falk as a detective. I think he's great. I actually did Columbo as my specialist subject on Mastermind because I thought, well, I watch it so often. But then it became something that I watched to switch off became stressful because I had to feel like I'm revising it for Mastermind. But yeah, um, back in the day, when my dad was alive, we'd watch Columbo together on a Sunday. Um, and I used to really enjoy that. I think for me, I don't know whether it's because like, I'm getting older or what, but I find it harder and harder to switch off. There's always something whizzing around in my brain. And, you know, sometimes you tell yourself, oh, I'm gonna have a lie-in this morning, or I'm not gonna set my alarm. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, that's my switch off time. But really what's happening is my brain's switching. I'm waiting for my alarm to go off and then I'm just lying there in bed wide awake. Um, but I've definitely thought of different ways to switch off. Like I said before, walking is definitely one of them. Um, just getting your head into a space where you can feel calm. One thing that I've started doing quite recently, actually, um, is writing writing things down and trying to stay in the present and that might not sound like it's switching off because it's an it's an action isn't it you're doing something but it helps my mind to not get carried away from it with itself so for example if i've had a pretty stressful day and i'm trying to calm my mind down I'm trying to get to that point where i can switch off i'll get my little book out and i'll write down in the book um, things that have made me smile that day. So even if it's one of those days where you feel like everything's gone wrong, it's been stressful, it's been this, that and the other, I'll, I'll make a real effort to write in the book 
it could be such a small thing like went for a walk this afternoon and you know walked past this little old man and he you know he smiled and his dog looked really cute it, it could be anything um to an exchange with a friend to anything and I'll, I'll pick out the moments within that day that have brought a smile to my face and that in itself the act of writing that down being grateful for those times in the midst of a world where you know things can be very stressful that really helps me to switch off oh my god right so I'm walking along this path along the river a tree has fallen completely across the path Wow, I'm going to have to take a picture of this, show it to my boyfriend when I get back home. Oof, I'm going to have to change my, uh, I'm going to have to change my walking route because there is no way I can get past unless people are walking around. I don't think I can walk around it. There's a bit of a pond there and I've got swimmers on. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? You know, I've had to change my little walking route. That's a good thing, especially for the start of the week. Just gotta change things up a gear. Um, what else is switching off for me? Oh, well, yesterday I went round to my brother's um, and my brother and my sister-in-law um, had a baby just before Christmas. So I spent my time giving them um, my little nephew a lot of cuddles which was lovely you know for me switching off is being in the present not worrying about this that and the other that you might be doing in the future or this that and the other that they have or haven't done in the past just being able to be really mindful and enjoy the moment that you're in and um, yeah I really felt like I was able to do that with family um, yesterday which was really nice. I think my perception of what switching off is all about for me personally has changed as well. I think in the past I'd put pressure on myself like, right, you need to not be stressed today or this evening or this morning because that's not going to help you. And I put pressure on myself to switch off. Whereas now I realise for me those could be small little pockets of time during a day, whether that's first thing in the morning when I'm drinking a, a cup of black tea and just being mindful whilst I'm drinking it and not trying to do God knows how many other things at the same time could just be for that small moment in time um, I can switch off be present and it helps me be more productive to be fair with other things um, who's really nailing their well-being in your life a friend, a family member, someone you follow on Insta, someone who inspires you, what about them do you wish to try and emulate? That's a good question. I would say uh, one person I know very well who's really nailing their well-being is my mum. So my mum and I are really close. She is 67 this year, although you'd never believe it. Honestly, every time we're out, everyone thinks we're sisters. She's She's beautiful. I mean, I would say that because she's my mum, but <laughs> I think she is. Uh, we get on so well. Um, but what one thing about my mum is she really takes the time to 
um, have routine within her day. Even, I mean, she works five days a week, sometimes six days a week. But every morning, she'll wake up, she'll do her exercises. Um, and it's not like, you know, she goes to a gym or anything like that. She'll just, she'll have her set routine. She'll get up out of bed, do her leg exercises on the floor. Then she'll put her earphones in. She'll put her favorite music on and have a dance with a rapper watch on because she'll be looking at how many steps or whatever she's done. <laughs> but that is the way my mum starts her day every single day. Um, she'll have her excess. Morning, UK. So we're just saying morning to my neighbour there. She's got a really lovely dog. She must be training it. Um, she's trying to get it to sit down and stay and give it treats. Um, but yeah, my mum has a great routine. She, she likes to keep set with that routine every morning and it just helps her with a day and then she'll walk to work and um, just feels good about the way she started things and I just think when I look at her you know a woman in her late 60s now she's really taken the time to do not loads of things in terms of exercise just those small things but really well and consistently um, and I always remember that even from being a kid we do exercises together at the weekend and wait, I think it was when she was in her 40s or 50s she decided to retrain and um, became a personal trainer so she did all the, the exercise I don't know what you call them diplomas or um, but all her qualifications and then um, started personal training um, friends and then it just kind of grew and grew like that but she took something that she does within her normal life and really spends time doing it properly and has been able to to share that with others in a really positive and, and productive way and you know I like that obviously there's so many people on social media that are doing great things when it comes to well-being you have to be honest like sometimes I find it a bit much going on social media which is a part of my kind of world and, and my job but um, sometimes just scrolling through people's insta pages I come away from it and I feel like do I actually feel better from, from doing that or not and depending on what's going on in my day or my life at that time the answer can be not no I don't and so looking at people who are in my real life um, like my mum or like a you know a friend or even an acquaintance or a colleague and seeing them doing things within their daily lives that are helping their well-being um, I really like that I really like to see that and yeah just very proud of my mum really and I hope when I'm her age if I'm lucky enough to you know continue to be healthy um, into my older years that I'll be keeping the same kind of routine that she is and looking after myself in the, in the same way that she does shout out to Mavis my mum's called Mavis We've just finished filming a series together, actually, uh, which has been very, very special. So my, my dad passed away from cancer three years ago now. Um, and one of the things he, 
he loved about us as a family as well was just obviously how, how close we all were. Before he passed away, um, he said that he'd love to see the two of us do something together um, within the kind of TV production world. We'd always be coming up with ideas of different shows that we'd like to work on and um, we've done bits and pieces together. So last year we started filming a, a, a new series for the BBC and we just finished it. I think it's coming out in the next couple of months. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a very proud moment for, for Mum and I and it made us think a lot, well it made me think a lot about Dad, made Mum think a lot about her, her late husband and just how proud he would have been of us um, doing something together that we always wanted to do and really enjoying the, the moment of it really. Um, kind of got sidetracked there but yeah. That's that. Um, when you're feeling stressed, how do you combat your triggers? Um, that is another good one. I actually got really, really stressed a couple of weeks ago. And it, it felt at the time like it just came from nowhere. And um, I couldn't, you know, you can't specifically, I couldn't pinpoint a specific um, trigger just suddenly became incredibly overwhelmed. Um, just felt like I couldn't breathe and just couldn't, couldn't cope, just couldn't cope. Um, but I, I do feel like I'm able to recognize what might help uh, a bit more. Um, and one of those things is actually just being a bit more open and honest about how I feel. Um, telling people around me, not trying to pretend that it's not happening, which I've done a lot of my, well, my life, my life, my, you know, uh, I've done a lot of that, pretending that I'm okay when I'm not. And in fact, I, I would say I probably got pretty good at it. No one really knowing how I was actually feeling. Um, I think again, especially in television, well, I mean, it's not just telling, is it? Is it any, any job that you're going into where you're working with other people and you have to portray a certain side of you, but you actually might not be feeling that way, you do kind of get to a point where you just have to put a face on, don't you, and, and crack on with it. Um, I got to the point where I was, I think it kind of coincided with when my dad passed away. I went to I went back to work pretty quickly and was just not really dealing with it and um, was just, you know, pretending everything was fine. So much so that I then I got to a point where I didn't really know how to deal with my emotions or how I was really feeling. And then now sometimes that comes out. If I get stressed, it's like this overwhelming sense of stress and I don't know the specific point that it's come from, but it's almost like a hangover of because I, I don't think I've dealt with stress well in the past that your body almost says to you, right, whether you like it or not, this is happening. And it just all, all comes in one go. But yeah, I think um, the ways I've got better at dealing with it are, well, recognizing it, knowing 
or having an idea of why it might be happening, like I, like I just said. Um, being more honest about how I feel and actually really not giving myself such a hard time over it. Um, being kind to myself, like, it, it's normal. All of us are going to get stressed uh, within something that's happening with your own personal life or the world around us. Um, so, for me, it's, yeah, it's being kinder to myself, talking about it, but also just taking small little steps, writing things down, really, writing things down has really started to help me and almost dissecting those stressful days a bit more and thinking about the, the moments within those days that have actually been lovely because there are still those moments within a, within a day that you can pick up on and take something from. I always remember the day we found out that um, my dad had terminal cancer. We were at the hospital and I um, went into the corridor and was crying and was like upset. I was on the phone to one of my best friends because she was asking, you know, how it was going. And whilst I was just crying in the corridor, this young person walked past um, and then they, they kind of looked over and then carried on walking. And then about five minutes later, they walked past again and they'd bought uh, me a packet of Kleenex tissues and chocolate bars. <laughs> never met them before or in my life, never met them since. But this person just came over and said, look, I saw that you're upset. I just wanted to give you some tissues and chocolate, gave them to me and, and walked away. And on a day where I felt like my whole world had caved in around me, there was that act of kindness in the midst of all this gray that I can still hold on to now and think, wow, that, that actually fills my heart with, with joy. At the time it was hard to, you know, see it in the same way as I do now, although I still recognized it was a, it was a lovely thing. But I, I try and remember that now and think of those moments that even in those days where it is getting so overwhelming, everything's getting on top of me, there will be those moments in the day if I replay the day in my head, you know, press rewind, that um, I can take something positive from. So that's what I try and do. I feel like I'm waffling like mad. I don't even know if that even made any sense, but it is what it is. Uh, when was the last time you challenged yourself to try something new or different? Um, well, at Christmas time, going back to Devon, well, before Christmas, I swam in the sea. Now, for me, I don't like cold water at all, but I keep hearing loads about this cold swimming and how good it is for you. And Wim Hof, I think he's amazing, Wim Hof. He's such an advocate for cold therapy. I thought, right, whilst we're down here, why don't we run in the sea and see what it's all about? Obviously, in a, you know, in a safe way. Um, and I did it and I absolutely loved it. It was, it was so invigorating. 
I mean, even just thinking about it now, it puts a massive smile on my face. Um, it was great fun. So, yeah, that was something um, new for me. And have I done it again? No, not yet. But, um, but I'm actually travelling soon with work and it's going to be quite full on. But I'll have um, late afternoons off and I will be quite close to the sea. So um, perhaps my afternoons might involve a bit of de-stressing with some... Um, cold water swimming then um, so yeah that was good I'm trying to think what else last time I challenged myself to try something new or different sometimes it's just like the little things um, like you know going on a walk and making sure that not making sure but giving people a smile or saying good morning. I think, because I'm from Manchester and my mum's born and bred Mancunian, like I've been brought up with very chatty parents and anywhere I'd go with them, she's like, how you doing love? Yeah, and we'd always have a chat. And I think when I moved down to London um, and just the busyness of a city, that element of just reaching out to people that you don't know went away um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that people don't still want to reach out but you do get a bit kind of just in your own head and think oh no they're maybe too busy or oh, no, I'm not going to say good morning or oh, they're going to think I'm a right weirdo if I just say morning <laughs> but I've started doing that more and it's really nice because again this is one of those things that I've written down in a book actually like, oh I said good morning as I walked along the street today um, you just get a bit of a buzz out of connecting with someone in that small moment uh, you know having a smile and carrying on with your day uh, so yeah it's not a groundbreaking challenge by any means but it's something that it's just a, a small thing during the day that I, I really enjoy I also uh, figured out how to uh, restart the battery in my car the other day because it broke down on me um, I had no idea what I was doing but um, I managed to figure it out and get the necessary tools I thought oh, that's good I'm surprising myself every day um, number seven when was the last time you cried tears of sadness happiness relief or anything else um, last time cried it's probably a couple of days ago actually I was just chatting to mum on the phone and um, we were talking about the project that we'd done together and um, we just both got a bit emotional about um, how proud dad would have been and how buzzing he would be for us doing things together we're doing a, um, a magazine shoot together soon and it's just those things that are you know really cool and we're so excited and we're like god can you imagine if dad was around now he'd be like he'd be absolutely buzzing for us um so it was it wasn't sad crying but it wasn't happy crying it was kind of that just being reflective of of moments and missing people i guess you know 
Um, and then, yeah, yesterday I had a little tear in my eye, actually, when I was um, cuddling my nephew. It's just, just that feeling of, of love for a, a family member and wanting to care for them and protect them and, you know, make sure that they're safe. Um, it's, a, it's a lovely feeling to have that, you know, unconditional love. Um, I'm trying to think when else. To be honest, I went through um, a period a good few years ago when I, I just couldn't cry. All my emotions were just locked up. And again, I think that was from going back to work too soon after my dad passing and just shutting everything away. So it took quite a long time to get to the point where my feelings could come out again. Um, so, yeah, that still feels like a proper, proper cry. It still feels like um, a, a relatively newish thing to me that I've gotten used to. Tell you what, though, it can feel good. Um, but yeah, I think, I'm trying to think if there's another time. I think there's the, the two main times. Um, what's one recent little win you're happy with? Hmm. One recent little win you're happy with? Uh, well, I made a really, really nice lemon chicken the other night. I, I don't really, I, I like to play sous chef rather than main chef because I get a bit nervous with cooking. Just going over the bridge again, actually. Um, it's a big blue bridge and it's quite high up so you can see all the way along the river on both sides. It's lovely. Um, yeah, I made lovely lemon chicken. So that for me felt like a win. Um, I went on um, MasterChef years ago and I made what I thought was a chili con carne, but it wasn't actually proper mince. It was, well, I actually think it was pork. So I don't think you meant to make chili con carne with pork. So it all went wrong from the start. And then I made some rice, well I tried to, and uh, John and Greg had to cut into it with a knife and a fork. They literally had to slice the rice because uh, it was so bad. So for me, cooking something that's edible is definitely a, uh, a small win. Oh, that loaf of bread's gone, um, by the way. Oh my gosh, I'm just looking in the river now and there's a... What kind of birds that was it? Heron eating a fish. Oh, and now it's just gone under the water. I'll tell you what, they're strong these birds because the current is pushing them the other way. Right, I'm just walking over the bridge now. The other end. What's the biggest life lesson that you've learnt in the last year? biggest life lesson that I've learned in the last year well the past uh, the past year to two years has been challenging 
for the world, obviously. Um, I think one, th one massive thing I've learned is to um, try and be, well, being more open about my feelings and letting people in has been a real positive thing. Um, I've learned not to give myself such a hard time. I, I, I'm very self-critical and it just doesn't, it doesn't help me with anything really. You know, I, I'm ambitious, but I think I've just spent a lot of time doing myself down and um, feeling very anxious as well. Just generally feeling anxious and almost sometimes in those moments when I don't feel anxious, then feeling anxious about not feeling anxious, which is just so ridiculous. Um, so yeah, one of the life lessons would be that it's okay to take time out to focus on self-care. Because when I've really taken the time to do that, that ultimately has made me more productive and inspired and allowed me to do my um, job better and just feel better in myself personally, you know, from a professional and a personal level. Um, it's an interesting, it's a big question that, isn't it? What's the biggest life lesson? Well, one thing, I don't know if it's from the past year, but life is short and um, I'm really determined to make the most out of it. And that doesn't mean, oh, I need to be doing a skydive and a bungee jump and this, that and the other every day of the week just to eke every part of life out because sometimes it's not just about those thr thrill-seeking moments, it's about just enjoying the the stillness, the calmness, the the being okay with things not necessarily going the way that you thought they were originally going to go and having faith in the process. Um, and that for me is a continuing is a continuing thing, you know. I feel like I have to self-check in and remind myself things are okay. One step in front of the other, you do what you can do. You look after yourself, you look after other people. And life is what it is. Um, and embrace, embrace the unexpectedness and the unpredictability of life can be a good thing. That's what I've learned. Complete the following sentences. Being healthy is. Being healthy for me is getting outdoors, taking the time to do exercise, look after my mental state, 
which is writing things down, having gratitude, reaching out to others. I am most me when. I'm most me. <laughs> I'm most me most of the time, to be honest, because it can't be anyone else. Uh, can you hear that? That's the um, water in the lot just going next to the river. Um, well, I'd say I'm most me, like in and evenings when I get back, put my PJs on. When I get in and I know I'm not going out again, the first thing I want to do is wash my face, put my PJs on, get my thick socks on. I always tuck my uh, PJ bottoms into my socks. I don't like any gaps. Um, so that, yeah, that's me. Headband on, thick jumper, cosy times. Um, I like being, I like being cosy and warm. It takes me a lot to warm up as well, even summertime. There's a bit of a cloud, I'm like, oh, it's chilly. Um, so yeah, being cosy is when I definitely feel most me. The best thing about my walk today has been, well, this walk's been a bit different. It's been a bit unexpected. There's been uh, things that I wasn't expecting along the way, which is, um, made it interesting. I think it's been quite funny because I've been walking around talking to myself, uh, which probably looks a bit strange for people walking past, especially because I haven't got any earphones in or anything like that. <laughs> but no, the, the best thing about the walk has been starting the week by getting up, getting out, being outdoors. Um, I guess having the opportunity to think through my feelings having a chat about how I feel to myself which is no bad thing you know it doesn't need to be with anyone else necessarily all the time maybe I might try this more often just have a walk and have a chat just have a chat to myself morning Michelle how are you doing today oh good morning how are you doing today well yeah I'm all right thanks yeah it's uh quite like it um, but I am gonna head indoors now I'm gonna make myself a cup of tea got quite a bit of admin to do got some ideas brainstorms this afternoon oh that wind got filming tomorrow so I need to figure out what's happening with that hi there you right going up the stairs. I live in an apartment, by the way, obviously. I'm not living in a mansion that's got its own lift. Clearly. Um, but doing the stairs, when I get back in, it's that extra little bit of exercise, isn't it? Oh, you know that feeling when you get back in after a walk and your fingers are tingling and your nose is a bit runny? It's a good feeling. I feel like blown away the cobwebs. I like that saying. Oof. Blown away the brain cobwebs. Well, I've really enjoyed that. So thank you for listening to me ramble on, on my ramble. Get it? 
and have a lovely rest of your day. It's a good job that the fallen trees and turbulent gusts didn't get in the way of Michelle's walk to wellbeing. And if you're determined to go up against the great British weather too, our sponsor has some activewear that can withstand all weathers. So before we get into Michelle's answers, let's take a moment to hear from Sketches. Walk to Wellbeing is proudly sponsored by Sketches, the comfort technology company. Put a spring in your step with Sketches' range of comfort-boosting shoes featuring the very latest walking technology. The new lightweight high flex arch fit range is designed to take great care of your feet, wherever your walk to wellbeing may take you. Over 20 years of data was used to create the amazing arch fit cushioning insole, which provides complete foot and arch support. And now you can add Sketches apparel to your walking wardrobe for ultimate all day comfort. Shop the range online at sketchers.co.uk. That's S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S.co.uk, where you'll find thousands of shoes, boots, trainers, jackets, tops, leggings, activewear, and more to bring you and your family style and support with every step. I loved listening to Michelle's walk today. She was super calm and honest, so I can't wait to hear what the team have to say about her answers. So this week, I'm bringing back Laura, Ray and Cammie from the health and wellbeing team. Ray, what did you think about Michelle's walk today? I loved uh, listening to Michelle's walk. Um, I felt that she was really, um, really open and honest, um, describing her surroundings from the loaf of bread to the fallen tree. Um, It was really lovely to imagine her uh, walking around. Um, And yeah, she shared some, some really beautiful memories and insights. Yeah, I'm really glad that someone went back to retrieve their loaf of bread. I mean, whether it was a person or a bird that kind of like picked it up and, uh, and took it away. But I think um, one thing that I took away from Michelle's walk was that like no matter where you are I feel like nature always really has the power to kind of like take your breath away um she was talking about her walk in in Devon and that just sounded heavenly yes she described that so beautifully didn't she um the walk that she did and it was nice the fact that it was cold weather it wasn't you know you think well personally I think of Devon and and the south coast like that like um you know sunny and warm and lovely but (laughs) it's also nice to go there and sort of face the elements and um, as you said Daniela and I love the way she described when she got back home after that walk or sorry back to the hotel where she was staying and how she was freezing cold but in a good way and she was drinking the tea and warming up like that like it's so I think that's all part of the fun of exercising sometimes isn't it is that feeling afterwards when you feel nice in your body and mind and you feel like you've you've achieved something. Yeah, you're so right. I was thinking the same thing, Laura, actually, when I was listening to that, I could really, she described it so beautifully and I could understand her kind of um, describing the way the tea was like warming her up and, you know, having a couple of biscuits. I think that's just, that's so, that's just done like wholesomeness in a sentence, I think, like warming tea and and biscuits after a walk. (laughs) (laughs) So British, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah I think if like if if you're sort of struggling to get out for a walk I think the the incentive of having a nice cup of tea and uh, a few biscuits at the end is is good enough oh and she was saying about cold water swimming as well so she must have been like freezing cold to and really deserve that cup of tea afterwards um 
I've not tried cold water swimming before, but Ray, you have, haven't you? Yes, um, I did my first cold water dip on Boxing Day um, and it was freezing, <laughs> but it is, as, it is as, as amazing as everyone says it is. Um, yeah, you can believe the hype around that <laughs> in my experience. But yeah, for sure, the, the warming up part is almost the best the best part, um, like coming home and having a shower and having a cup of tea. And yeah, just like Michelle described, you can you can feel the tea warming you <laughs> from the inside out. Um, and yeah, it's a really, really bracing, but really enlivening experience that, um, yeah, I've done it a few times since. I'm looking forward to the weather getting a little bit warmer because <laughs> maybe I'll be more motivated to do it a bit more often. <laughs> But yeah, it's really, it really is fab. I think that really, um, those two moments there like really speaks to Michelle's um, kind of nod to the simple moments in life and kind of like those little, those little moments of life that I thought were just really, really lovely. And I feel like as well in her walk, she was very grateful um, to those kind of moments. And I think, you know, whether, whether micro or macro, I think that being being grateful is something that's become really quite prevalent for a lot of people. Um, I actually saw a quote this morning that said, when everything is uncertain, everything that is important becomes clear. And I thought that was just really, really lovely. Absolutely. And it does feel like that really threaded through everything that Michelle was talking about, you know, the importance of those small moments and that when when you really take the time to enjoy them and to, and to notice them, that actually you begin to notice so much more of the richness of experience that is around us. And even in that very poignant moment where she was talking about, you know, finding about finding out about her her dad having terminal cancer, that reflecting back on it, even then, even in that awful, awful dark day, there were moments of light mm. and there were moments of uh, human kindness that actually um, added a bit more nuance and balance to that, even if maybe it did take a little bit of time for her to actually be able to see that, which I thought was incredibly moving and also incredibly comforting that even in our darkest spaces, when we're ready, there was light there too. Definitely. I think we tend to sometimes shy away from grief a lot of the time, especially if um, it's so kind of confronting like that. That person um, obviously saw that Michelle was... Um, in a very um, traumatic kind of space. And I think for some people, you kind of almost just want to ignore it and um, it's kind of like breeze past it. But the fact that they actually came back and gave her, you know, chocolates and tissues, I thought that was so heartwarming. Like you said, like you said, Cammy, it was very moving to hear her um, explain all of that to us. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I wonder whether perhaps some of our discomfort in knowing what to do with moments like that is because we find it so very, very hard to talk about for ourselves. And I, one of the things I really loved about the, the walk was how very honest she was, how very emotionally honest she was able to be, despite the fact she reported that that was something that she had found very difficult to be um, previously. But it did make me wonder, you know, how do you guys feel about being emotionally vulnerable and sharing how you really mm. feel with other people? Because I work in this space and I still find it really, really hard. I find it really difficult as well to talk about how I'm really feeling, especially when I'm not feeling good and I'm, you know, feeling sort of vulnerable 
and sensitive. I think it's it's difficult for a lot of people to talk about that. But um, I think it's important what she said about being honest with yourself as well as other people because there's almost a sense that you can just gloss over it and, you know, if you think that you're, you can just tell yourself, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, just carry on kind of thing. Um, and obviously you're not fine and you're not giving, you're not being kind to yourself to cut yourself the slack to say, well, actually I'm not okay mm. and and that's okay, <laughs> you know, sometimes. I think other people pick up on it as well because, you know, it's always that thing where people say, are you, like, is everything okay or are you all right? And most of the time we're like, yeah, yeah, fine, no problem. I know that I do that so often. Mm. Um, I just kind of like bottle it all up and then it all kind of like comes out in the end. But yeah. no, I thought that was really interesting about how um, Michelle finds it difficult to to have a really good cry and you know like she like she said it's um it can just bring so much relief sometimes to be able to have that release yeah I think she described it as a, a stress hangover which I thought was quite a, a good accurate description of it if you if you bottle it up then yeah eventually your body is going to intervene and tell you that you need to deal with with what's going on mm. um I personally um, have a journaling practice that I find really helpful with this kind of thing. Um, like recognizing my feelings, being honest with myself. Um, sometimes I, even just intuitively writing things down without really, it doesn't necessarily need to make sense or it doesn't need to be very articulate or even really be how I truly feel. It just, just thoughts need to just come out. And as soon as I get them out onto the paper, it it makes such a difference. Um, and uh, I also have experience with um, gratitude journaling, um, which I thought of when Michelle was describing her, um, her experience of that. And I remember when I first started trying to do this, so I think I was tasked to write um, like 10 things I'm grateful for that day. And um, for 30 days I was doing this practice. And on the first day, it was so, so difficult to think of 10 things that had happened that day that I was grateful for. It took me ages. Um, and then a few days of doing this, I started to remember the practice throughout the day. And it, it, it really had quite a profound effect on my life because I, I became more mindful and it even started popping up with things like, um, I was eating breakfast and it was like peanut butter on toast and it was particularly delicious. Heaven. And as I was eating it, I thought, this is going on my list tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the wonderful thing about um, mindfulness or our gratitude, diarising, or even just taking a moment to notice the, the things that have made us smile, ultimately, whatever works. But you are literally retraining your brain um, at what to pay attention to which is why I just think it's one of the most amazing uh, habits to develop is that the, the brain will do whatever we train it to do. And if it has a natural leaning towards looking for all the grim stuff, and let's face it, there is plenty of it, we could literally um, 
take up all of our time looking for the grim stuff, we would not run out. (laughs) Then that's unfortunately what it learns to look for. But when we retrain it and we say, no, I would like you to pay attention to the nice stuff, these small bits that make me smile or make me happy or simply that I'm glad to have, then exactly as you're saying, Ray, it starts to learn to do that. And it starts going, oh, oh, I'm going to have to write this down later on. What fun. I've got another thing to remember. And before we know where we are, we've got this massive list. But it has such a profound impact on the way we experience the world around us. And it's such a simple practice. If you haven't done it already, I would highly, highly recommend you give it a go. It is remarkable what a difference it can make. Yeah, I feel inspired actually to start doing it again. Laura, have you ever tried diarying? I've actually at the start of the year, I've tried to get into gratitude journaling and just writing down like three things at the end of every day. But um, I haven't um, stuck with it unfortunately <laughs> guiltily I yeah I put my hand up and say I haven't stuck with it um but that's what I was going to ask you Cammy. like it seems like it's a lot about consistency isn't it like you need to sort of do it regularly and once you're in that habit that's what kind of sets that that more optimistic pattern in your brain I assume yeah absolutely and you know what the exciting thing is this is wonderful things called micro habits which are literally tiny tiny changes to our behavior that take 60 seconds or less that's the whole point of them making them so small that the most difficult thing is actually remembering to do them and if you start there so perhaps if three things is too many then maybe just go for one um you know and you literally are looking for it to take such an incredibly short amount of time And you just decide where will work best to put that new habit. And then you just focus on trying to remember to do it. And to begin with, you will forget. Everybody does. (laughs) But if you forget less over time, then you are still moving forward. And before you know where you are, you won't forget anymore. And that's when you can start layering it up and making it a little bit bigger, if you like. So, yes, start wherever you need to start. There is nothing that is too small. Yeah, that's good advice. Start small, <laughs> then build up. Because I, I thought she was going to say, um, when she said at the end of the working day, I thought she was going to say she sort of, she writes a to-do list or something like that to clear her mind. I was like, yep, yeah, that's what I do, like to-do <laughs> lists I love. And then when she said gratitude, and I was like, yeah, that's actually probably a lot better <laughs> than like filling your head with more stuff to do, you know. Let's just sort of put a bookend on the day and... Uh, think of you know all the the nice things that have happened it's a much nicer way to switch off at the end of your working day Mm. bookends around the day I like that because of course it reminds me of her talking about her mum starting her day with a really lovely routine that obviously really works for her and then closing the day well as well I think just allows us to let go and say okay I've rounded my day off now it's now it's time for me to sleep or rest or or whatever it is we're doing but especially with so many people uh, as they are sort of working and uh, living more from home, finding it difficult to draw the line between uh, that kind of daytime working activity, whatever that looks like, and the relaxing activity in the evening. Sometimes a nice routine that sits around that, allowing us to close various parts of our day off can be really, really nice and supportive as well. And I agree, I thought that was a lovely one for rounding the day off before she rests and go to sleep. Yeah, definitely. I am the biggest creature of habit going. Um, I absolutely love a routine. Um, And I was really nodding along when Michelle was like, it's always so hard when you tell yourself to switch off or, you know, try and sort of like close down those tabs in your mind that have been kind of like whirring. And it's, I feel like, I don't know if anyone else struggles with this, but say if you, if you do want to have a lion at the weekend, you're laying there 
the night before thinking, oh, how lovely. I'm going to have a really nice lie-in. And, you know, before you know it, you're up at seven or whatever it is, yeah, as you kind of like normally would. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, um, it, it just gets, it gets harder and harder when you, when you kind of like tell yourself like, oh, you must switch off rather than kind of like letting it come and just kind of going with, going with the flow, going, riding the wave of, of, you know, life's ups and downs. Yeah. I really relate with that as well. I, um, I've always really wanted to be like really good at mornings. <laughs> like I want, I've always wanted to have a, uh, a really healthy, um, morning routine a bit like Michelle's mum actually um that sets me up for the day um but I find it really really difficult and I think part of that is because of the pressure that I'm putting on myself to like tick off all these things like I want to get up I'm going to have a lemon hot water lemon then I'm going to do 20 minutes of exercise and I'm going to meditate then I'm going to go out and get some fresh air and it's um when the alarm goes off I'm just like oh (laughs) that seems like a lot of things to do all of a sudden (laughs) first thing in the morning um so yeah I think what I learned from uh, Michelle and her mum was that it sounds like um, her routine is built of like really simple things like micro habits, like you're saying, Cammy, um, and maybe things that you actually really enjoy doing. Like I think she said that her mum dances in the morning, um, which is, yeah, like that sounds so fun. What a great way to wake up. Absolutely. And I think that threads into that sort of theme that for me felt like it went right through through her walk was that one of self-kindness and how hard somehow for some reason we seem to find it to be to be kind to ourselves <laughs> to actually extend ourselves the same kindness that perhaps we might extend a family member or a friend if they were telling us the same thing we would probably say well of course you know do it gently do it kindly but somehow for so many of us it's like no you don't get that you have to get it right first time and you have to stretch yourself and it somehow has to be difficult uh, all the time and that actually half the time we are we are generating our own stress by making things so stressful because we're holding ourselves to such high standards. And almost like when we can relax that off, just ease it down and just say, do you know what? I'm a person that doesn't like doing X, Y, and Z. Now I might like to develop a habit to do that, but if I want to be successful, surely the kind thing to do here is one step at a time, gently weaving in things I do like alongside the things that perhaps I'm not so wildly keen on, but I actually genuinely do want to develop a habit because it's good for me or it's healthy or it'll give me balance. And it's that kindness and acceptance of who we really are rather than who we somehow think we should be that unlocks the door to us actually being successful here. And I just loved hearing her talking so much about that and how much that has really changed her world and and brought her so much more balance, (laughs) peace and ultimately happiness. I love that she said that um, she likes to watch Columbo to switch off as well (laughs) because I think that's an example of, you know, doing the things that you really actually enjoy rather than doing the things that you should think like you think you should be doing um because like most people say you know switching off and most people think switching off from technology and stuff but I just thought it was quite fun that she was like yeah I just love watching murder mysteries in Colombo all afternoon on Sunday (laughs) (laughs) yeah I love that one as well And I, I can say that, yes, uh, Colombo is still on, back-to-back back on some channel. I don't know which one it is every Sunday because I sometimes do that too. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just the two of you watching. <laughs> I've never heard of this. I feel like I need to get on this Columbo hype. Yeah, no, I've not, I've not seen it either. You totally do, Danny. <laughs> A little slice of the 70s or 80s. <laughs> I, I haven't seen Columbo myself, but for me, uh, Sunday afternoons watching David Attenborough documentaries, mm, mm-hmm. I uh, I could lose a whole afternoon relaxing watching that. That's what Sundays are, Sunday afternoons are made for, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, a bit of David Attenborough, like Sunday Rose. Uh, it's all coming out now, the truth of the health and well-being panel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and our binge watching habits. <laughs> And on that note, I, I just want to say um, thank you to um, to Michelle for being another person who is scared of cooking. <laughs> because when the words that came out of her mouth as she was describing how she feels about cooking and the anxiety it provokes, I was like, oh, I'm not alone. There is someone else out there who is equally scared of cooking as I am. <laughs> I just, I loved it. It brought such a smile to my face to uh, hear that I'm not the only one who is alarmed by their inability to produce edible food some of the time but um would really like to be able to so thank you michelle for that (laughs) yeah i've loved listening to the little wins that we've had uh recently and it really does encapsulate the question i think um i was also listening to um another podcast and they were they were talking about this kind of topic and this one of this guy's little wins was when you go downstairs and you're about to make a cup of tea in the morning and the kettle is filled like right just with the right amount so you don't need to fill it up again and you can just click it on I think that is just uh, like the pinnacle of of little wins I love that that would be something that you could put on your gratitude list at the end of the day yeah great idea yeah I love that so whatever little wins you're celebrating today thank you to Michelle for taking us on your windy and wild walk but I've loved chatting to you all today so a huge thanks from me to you Ray Laura and Cammy, and of course to our reflective and honest guest Michelle Ackerley Most important of all though, thanks so much to you for listening. If this is the first time you've joined us, there are plenty more episodes you can subscribe to and download. But if you've been with us from the beginning, thank you so much for coming with us and our fabulous guests on their walk to wellbeing. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and wellbeing team, stay well and see you soon. Before you unlace your trainers, we've got an exclusive health and wellbeing magazine subscription deal for you, our lovely Walk to Wellbeing listeners. Head to giftstoyou.com forward slash apod2, that's A-P-O-D and the number two, to get three issues for just $9.99, saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door too. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag walk to wellbeing and you can even download exactly the same list of questions you heard our guest chat through earlier in the episode. You could record your very own walk to wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. For all the details, head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today. <laughs>